There is an American saying, will it play in Peoria? Which basically means, will a concept appeal to mainstream United States? On December 31st, 2021, the Goshen News of Goshen, Indiana, posted the following headline, customer insights more important than ever in 2022. Apparently, the concept of customer insights and analytics will play in Peoria. I'm Thomas Law, the Executive Director of the Technology and Services Industry Association. Welcome to Tectonic, the podcast where we explore what makes technology business models successful in today's world. In this episode, we will be exploring the world of customer analytics in a B2B environment with Emma Sopa Giova, the head of customer experience analytics at ServiceNow. For those listeners not familiar with TSIA, we are a for-profit research institute. We track the financial performance of the largest publicly traded technology providers on the planet. More importantly, we perform deep operational benchmarking with the technology companies that are on the TSIA platform. It is that data that informs the insights we will hear in this series. So let's get right into it. Uh, Emma, welcome to Tectonic. Uh, Before you tell us about your current responsibilities, I want to know how you made the transition from studying global policy and strategy to customer analytics. Hi, Thomas. Thank you so much for having me on today. Um, And that's a really good question. Actually, it was a very straightforward move. Um, I specialized in international economics and management in the global policy and strategy school at University of California in San Diego, which is kind of like a hybrid MBA program um, with an extensive focus on econometric and statistics. And my first job out of the program was on the research team at Medallia, utilizing all that quant modeling skills I learned at uh, GPS. And for those who are not familiar with Medallia, it is a leader in customer uh, feedback and one of the founding companies that created really the category of customer experience management and the company that ignited my passion uh, really for customer experience analytics. So at Medallia, I I partnered with leading Fortune 500 companies to answer their most pressing questions in the customer experience management space, such as what is the ROI of CX, which is an everlasting question. Why should we even invest in customer experience and how do we prove its value? Can we quantify the relationship between employee experience and customer experience? Are really happy employees driving happy customers? What are the building blocks of customer-centric culture and so forth? So my team really used that cutting-edge research to help leading companies turn customer experience management into a mission-critical strategic capability and really a competitive advantage. So basically, it was a pretty natural transition because when I first read that, I thought, well, that's two very different worlds, but uh, they're clearly related. (laughs) Um, And by the way, I I didn't realize you went to uh, UCSD. That is literally a stone's throw from where I'm sitting here right now. That's where uh, TSA's largest footprint is. So that's phenomenal. Yeah. It was a sad day when I had to leave San Diego. (laughs) Yeah. Well, just as a side note, you know, they just built a brand new trolley system that goes from that campus all the way down, down. And I rode it over the weekend and it's, it's lovely. So if anybody's in San Diego, yeah, take advantage of it. Yeah. It's really cool. All right. So, so let's, let's get to the, to the current state here. Uh, Let's talk about your current responsibilities at at ServiceNow. What, What are you doing there? Sure. So I, I left Medallia really to transition from CX research and consulting into actually building effective customer experience programs and analytics myself. So I led the customer insights team at Eventbrite, 
and then joined ServiceNow to lead the customer experience analytics team there, which ultimately rolls up to our chief customer and partner officer. And just by the fact that we have a chief customer and partner officer, you know, the heavy focus of ServiceNow really on the customer experience, which is tremendous. And again, for those who don't know, ServiceNow is a cloud-based platform for digital business, which enables companies to digitize workflows and run them at scale from IT service management to customer service management to HR and beyond. Um, and really, my team of, of voice of customer managers and analysts is responsible for three core activities. Listening, so building a world-class customer and partner listening infrastructure across the key moments that matter in, their, in, in our customers and partners journey with ServiceNow. Analyzing, so equipping leadership with timely, actionable, and I you know, stress actionable insights to inform customer-driven decisions. And really most importantly, acting. So partnering with those functional leaders um, to prioritize and develop customer-centric solutions that ultimately improve customer experience that is all based on that real-time data that we provide them with. That's, that's awesome. And let, let's build on that, that remit that you have there um, in, in those you know, three areas in your charter. And, and let's talk about uh, adoption, you know, because the primary use case for customer analytics is understanding uh, adoption. And, and TSI is a, a framework for assessing customer adoption of technology solutions that goes ratings from you know, low adoption to effective adoption of technology to ultimately efficient adoption of technology, right? And, and low would be, hey, yeah, the customer has our technology, but they're just logging in and not really doing anything. Mm-hmm. Efficient, you know, means that the customer is, is really best in class at completing tasks within your technology. So, so I'm curious, how does ServiceNow leverage analytics to understand and assess adoption? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. It's something that is top of mind for us. ServiceNow is, is really heavily focused on getting our customers to value quickly. Right? We're not in the vendor space, we're in the partnership space. We want to make sure that our customers are happy with us. They realize value, they renew and continue their business with us. And really product deployment, making sure that we implement all the products that they've purchased and product adoption are really critical foundation for really getting those customers to value and realizing value. Right, If you don't adopt their product to, to the thresholds that we know you need to adopt in order to be successful with it, there's a problem, right? You're not realizing the value that you ought to. Yep. Um, and so really for customers that have opted in and have opted in their data, ServiceNow monitors product adoption and level of usage uh, at the micro and the macro level as well, from the account level up to, you know, really the, the geo or the product uh, level as well. And we have um, remediation plans if we notice that an account is not adopting a product or a app at the level it should be in order to be successful and realize the full potential and value of that product. We have you know, specific teams that really get in there and make sure that we are fully uh, equipping our, our customers with what they need in order to get back on track. And we really know what apps have been deployed. We also know when those apps are deployed, what the level of usage is, similar to what you described with the TCI framework. We have a framework around like low adoption, mid-high adoption, um, and activation as well. And in addition to that, where my team really plays in a part as well here is that we also send surveys to each customer at product go live and then several months post implementation like up to six months post implementation to understand whether they feel they're set up for success are they on track to achieve their business goals that we have set up in the beginning so we really talk about business goals versus product features we want to get to solutioning to value to business 
um, you know, bottom line uh, improvements versus really talking about product features solely. And in the cases where customers say, hey, actually, I'm not on track, um, our ServiceNow teams follow up with them almost immediately to help them back get on the road to success. So really product adoption is, is, is really important to us because it is a prerequisite for value realization. So I play that back, right, in terms of, of how you're leveraging analytics to understand adoption. Number one, you're looking at telemetry, what people are actually doing in the system, and, and, and you have a rating around that, right, from low to, you know, to high in terms of are they adopting. And you are doing these surveys where, in a sense, you know, customers are reflecting and saying, yeah, I'm getting the value or not, right? So it's both, both angles to see, are, you know, are they really getting to where they want to go with the technology? And on the telemetry side of it, two questions there. Number one, when you think about high adoption, right, your, your customers that you know are really um, leveraging the technology successfully, specifically, what kind of things do you look for there? Well, what are the signals that tell you that, that they're getting there? Yeah, that's a good question. And, and just like on the first point you said, like telemetry with, with surveying, like that is really the, the sweet spot for us because we know both like what is happening mm -hmm. right, with the telemetry, but also why it's happening, right? So we can ask, okay, so, you know, why, why are we not seeing the business outcomes that we need to see? Like, how can we help you um, better um, adopt our products and, and be more successful with service now? And so that is really the key sweet spot in customer experience analytics, where you have that what and then that why. Um, and then the, on the actual product adoption side, like the, it really depends across our products, what threshold we look at of successful adoption or level of adoption versus not. Mm -hmm. But, you know, some things that we look at it, are, have you adopted X percent of our critical apps for a specific product, for example, then we know like, yes, you're fully utilizing it or not. And so it would really depend on the different products that we uh, we look at, but we have a research and insights team that really focuses on, okay, well, what are those thresholds? What do we should be looking at for each product uh, to know when, when customers are on the right track or not? Now, the second question I have, and you sort of slipped this in, but this is really important. And that is, you said for customers that opt in, right, then, you know, we now have this telemetry, we can provide this type of valuable feedback. This is a big question that we get a lot, right? Because uh, technology providers will say, well, yeah, you know, I, I want to you know, understand how what my customers are doing, but they don't want to share the data. Right. right? And, and yet um, we see many TSI members that are that are successful in getting telemetry uh, because there is a value proposition there for the customer. Right. There, I mean, this is a value add to them to be able to play back to them, you know, how they're doing, uh, you know, where they could be doing better, et cetera. So talk a little bit about that conversation with customers to get them to basically flip the switch on. Yeah, and this is a little bit, you know, beyond my direct purview. So I'm not having those those conversations there, but I know that you know ServiceNow has follows very strict rules about what we can track or not, and is extremely careful with customer data. So we only track data if the customer has opted in, and in some instances we don't even track anything at all. Mm -hmm. So there's also limitations to the data we can use and what we can use it for. Um, we have an internal data ethics committee that reviews that regularly. So we are, we are very, very careful. But, you know, to your point, like the value proposition it is there, right? Because only if we know how they're using our product can we actually help them um, benchmark them to others or where they are by industry, help them um, really fully utilize that product because otherwise we're, we're completely blind. And so a lot of the value prop there is is around um, telling them where they are comparing to their peers, how, how you know, really getting them to value realization and telling them how to get there and then how to really utilize the features that, that they need to get there. And so we, we can't really provide that help without knowing any of it. 
So I hear two things there, right? So, so if a company is saying, look, I, I want to flip the switch on of customer of telemetry so I can you know, do analytics, et cetera, I, I think there's, there's two prerequisites. Number one is there has to be a value proposition to the customer. And often I, I do see technology providers don't put that on the table, right? They're like, hey, I, I want to flip this pipe off. Well, 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 why? What are you going to do with it, right? So you, you have to have the value proposition defined. And secondly, what I heard there you know, in your response is you have to have, you know, the trust of the customer that you really can manage this data, right, in a secure way. And so you've got to have, you know, the processes around it, um, you know, the, the procedures, et cetera, that the customer has faith that, you know, you can truly manage their, their, their data securely. So um, I think that's obviously uh, critical. Um, okay, so let, let, let's keep moving here. And I want to talk about the customer experience because, you know, CX is in, in your title. And so let's click more about how you're leveraging data uh, to improve the customer experience. Sure, yeah. So we use both customer feedback, operational and financial data to really measure and understand the customer experience across key touch points that they have with ServiceNow, really with the goal of identifying opportunities for improvement. So that's why that's, it's, it's not a customer analytics focus, it's a customer experience focus because our ultimate goal is we need to improve the customer experience and we know the customer experience is king, right? You've, you've probably read everything that's said about, you know, customer experience is the new battleground, yep. you know, loyalty and brand, um, you know, CX is really the new brand, right? Because now we have so much visibility into brands that we can't really rest only on our roles of a big brand name. Like we have to each day provide that incredible customer experience. And, you know, we all know that, that you know, CX really drives um, the bottom line. And we've proven that at ServiceNow and proven that many times with our clients at Medallia, where we really show the, the hard-coded dollars that um, really span from improved customer experiences and how our loyal, happy customers, you know, interact with brands versus those that are not very happy right and risk of churn so really that's the focus of my team is the customer experience um, and across the company we have more than 15 ongoing customer listening posts in the form of relationships and transactional survey programs to assess the experience of our customers at each key interaction that they have with us mm -hmm. from the first time they get on our website to their first product purchase to their product implementation to, as I said before, six months post-implementation, how are they feeling, to really the, every experience with their, the support team, to our relationship um, net promoter score program, which really measures the overall experience our customers have with us, highlighting you know, really key challenges and key bright spots. And we use, we only not only use survey data, but we, as I said earlier, use both operational and financial data to augment uh, what we're hearing from customers. So we really use that to segment our customers by value, industry, product, in order to prioritize efforts that will have the highest positive impact for our customers and service now. We also use operational data to build statistical models that pinpoint the key drivers of a good or a bad customer experience, which helps us identify at-risk customers before they even have the at-risk customers, because we know that already they're not satisfied. They all have, they all have the prerequisites not to be satisfied. And so we can intervene and really get them back on track. And we have closed loop processes where our account teams can step in and really help out with those that are at risk. And we also use all that data to prioritize investment in the customer experience overall. So when, when we know what's not working, we can, we can invest there um, and, and really show the, the impact of, of those improvements as well. And, and so you said just 15 
listening posts that you have out there, right? So, so all you know, multiple sources of information on how the customer is doing. And I'm just curious, you know, what is your most memorable sort of specific example of how ServiceNow leveraged, you know, data from, you know, one or multiple uh, listening posts there to improve a customer experience? Yeah, thankfully there are many, right? As we partner with almost every department across ServiceNow to, to really drive customer-centric initiatives that ultimately improve that customer experience. So my team is really fortunate because it's one of the only teams in the company that has partnered with, you know, really company-wide teams to, to drive different improvements from micro to macro improvements. So uh, most recently, we have partnered with our marketing team to identify and drive improvements to our servicenow.com experience, for example. So we implemented an intercept experience survey on .com, which asked customers to rate their experience with the website, whether they, had, they were able to achieve what they came to the website to do, how we can improve. We have also Adobe, Adobe Analytics that we look at that customer journey data as well. And we quickly found areas where we can optimize the digital journey really for our .com users, which is .com is a gateway to, to all of our other digital properties. So it's really critical for us. And it's, it's what builds pipeline. It's what can be the face of service now. And so we have started implementing quick wins on the website, like improving micro experiences like event registration, fixing broken links, enabling access. Mm -hmm. We have implemented a robust, really closed loop process. That's something I, you know, um, I didn't mention before, but each of those 15 plus programs that we have has a closed loop process. So when, you know, we have not unhappy customers, even sometimes happy customers, we always make sure that we're following back with them as a human is following back up with them to either solve their issue, to, you know, thank them for their feedback, to show that we're not only, um, you know, listening, but we're actually hearing and we're taking action. And so even in .com, we have that sort of closed loop process where, after we are alerted about an issue from a customer, an automatic alert is sent to an, the appropriate person at ServiceNow. So the right data, the right time to the right person to follow up with the customer and ideally solve their issue in almost real time, which is, has been tremendous. And we have several examples that the team has shared how we've like improved the experiences right on the spot. But beyond these micro fixes, the marketing team has also developed a rigorous multi-year plan really to improve our overall digital experience. And it was heavily influenced by the customer feedback coming up from our digital listening posts. So we're really using CX data to drive improvements both at the micro and at the macro level. You, you know, as I listen to you, because I think about, you know, this difference. There's a paper we did last year, but the have and have nots in the technology industry. And, and the haves have good telemetry, right? They have these listening posts like you're talking about and they're using that, right? To constantly improve the, the customer experience as you just described. And you compare that to, to a technology company who says, look, you know, I, I, I sold a piece of technology. It's disconnected, right? It's on, on premise. I don't know what they're doing with it. And, and I just, again, as I listen to you, this gap between the have and have nots just gets greater and greater because you're in a position there, as you said, customers come you know, to your website, it's the gateway to everything else. You know where they're maybe getting frustrated or where there's problems, so you can jump on that and optimize that. Um, you know, that is a massive difference from you know, back in the days when you had a piece of software, the customer installed it, and you didn't know right, what was working or not until they called you and complained. So it's just a, a different world. Um, so so let, let me uh, talk about uh, simplicity. Because we interviewed your CEO, Bill McDermott, uh, at one of our TSI 
events last year. And he made the point that simplicity is a compliment to the customer. Make things easy for them. And in this book we're working on, it's going to come out this year called Digital Hesitation. We echo that sentiment by, by stating that complexity kills. In, in today's technology marketplace, complexity kills. So, so how do you view the role of analytics in simplifying the customer experience? Yeah, I completely agree with Bill and, and, and what you're, you're saying in your, in your new book as well. Really, the, the role of analytics is, is critical to, to simplifying the customer experience. And, it, and it's not only about building a simpler product. I think a lot of companies focus solely on that, like how can we simplify the product? But it really is about building a simpler customer journey, which needs to be frictionless, delightful, valuable um, to, to customers. And that involves the work of every department, not just product, it involves marketing, involves sales, product, uh, you know, support, customer success, finance, even like the back office departments and beyond. And, and customer experience analytics enables the understanding and really the prioritization of improvement and simplification efforts across that entire journey. So for example, through analytics and customer feedback, we know in real time when finding content on our website takes too long or when implementing and maintaining a product is too complex, um, or when you know, getting a hold of support is, is, is impossible. And, and most importantly, we know why that is, because we hear it directly from the voice of the customer, which enables us to take immediate action to course correct and simplify the customer journey and the, and the customer experience. So that's really what the blend, and I said that before, is, is if analytics and customer listening. It enables that knowing what and the why behind each step in the customer journey in real time and being able to, to simplify it both at the micro level, but at the macro level um, and using that outside in perspective because we hear directly from our customers versus a lot of times, you know, companies go the inside out route um, where um, they, they're really blind to, to, to the actual needs of the customer. You know, you put a, another, again, important point on the table here in terms of how you're leveraging analytics uh, to improve the you know, customer experience, the customer journey, that it's not just about feeding that data back to the product, right? Because I do think a lot of technology companies, a lot of product teams, they get very focused and say, well, look, if I can just completely simplify my product, right? I solve you know, every, every, all the problems, right? And, and, and basically we can do this you know, within the code, if you will. And, and the reality is you know, the customer journey is, is always gonna involve more than just working with the product, right? It is you know, interfacing with um, uh, customer success people, right? It is interfacing, uh, heck, it's interfacing you know, with salespeople, right? with, with your accounting people. And so thinking about that entire uh, journey and using these listening posts to, feed, to take that feedback to, to all those different departments and say, hey, you know, hey, by the way, the customer's frustrated, you know, when, when interfacing with customer success on dot, 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 um, th that's the complete thought, right? It's not just about optimizing the product interface. It is about really optimizing the complete customer journey and leveraging uh, data analytics to do that. So I, th I think it's an important point. Exactly. And especially in B2B, right? B2B yeah. is all about these long sales cycles, <laughs> right. like, you know, getting everyone after it's not, it doesn't end with the sale, right? It, right? It's the entire customer workflow because they need to renew it. Absolutely. To, we need to improve our, you know, get them to loyalty. And so it, we actually, from our feedback, we hear surprisingly, it's not so much about our product. People love service now and our product. Like, you know, that's the thing that we hear the biggest delights, like where we hear most friction is really like on the, that journey of like from, you know, getting to 
to speak to a salesperson during sales, to like then the renewal, to all those things around it, like, you know, the humans involved in the process, um, you know, the, the licensing complexity, the, the sales purchase complexity and all of that as well. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I, I want to shift gears a little bit and talk about a, a common challenge that we hear from members is that the product teams do not prioritize customer adoption slash experience, right? They're, they're way more focused on delivering new features. And, and so tell me about your team's relationship with the product team when it comes to getting the telemetry that you need and, and, and want, right, to, to optimize the customer experience. Yeah, and it's service now, as I said, I think before the customer is king, right? And our, and our product teams are, are heavily focused on building high quality products really to deliver great customer experiences. And I've, I've been in companies where, you know, to your point, it was all about, you know, the product manager is successful when there's a new feature release, yep. right? And it's mm-hmm. more about like, how many feature releases can you release versus like, okay, but are they solving a problem? What is the experience with them? Um, or are we just counting how many we release? So this is not the case here. And my, my team partners with product, utilizing the direct customer feedback about key product challenges and bright spots that then help to inform product strategy. So for example, we partner with um, the product team for one of our largest products who have a key goal actually of accelerating product deployment and adoption. That's their goal. And, and my team synthesizes key customer feedback and insights across that journey that we talked about from when they land on our website and when they have to deal with that specific product to their purchase experience with that product, challenges with it, to their implementation, what went wrong, what went right, to um, what could have gotten better, to their usage of the product and whether they're realizing value or not in the time we expected them to. So like really utilize that journey that I talked about, those 15 plus listening posts centered on that specific product. And what are we hearing um, is, is happening in the journey that the customer has with with that um, specific business line and product line. Um, and um, we have weekly, monthly meetings to share insights and construct action plans with that team, especially when an intervention is needed at a systemic or individual account level, which, which is incredible. A lot of product teams don't invest that much heavily in like, let's create a customer journey map and like have listening across the board and make sure that we are, you know, not really improving only our product, but the entire experience for our customers. Um, and so we, we're very fortunate enough to have a really strong relationship there. So, so I'm curious, you know, and again, you've worked at other companies. What would be your advice to somebody who is in your role, right? You're somebody who's trying to improve the customer experience and the adoption, and you're working with a product team that is not as enlightened, right? It's the one you just described, right? So they're still sort of on that, I call it the hamster wheel of, the feature functionality, how would you approach that conversation to try to get the product team to, to understand how important this telemetry is? Is there any, you know, what would you lead with there? I'm just curious, because I know that we have a lot of members that are, you know, struggling with that conversation with the product teams. Yeah, I mean, that's a really good question. And 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 what I always try to do and I advise others to do is really start a conversation by aligning to and understanding their KPIs and what are they responsible for, right? And so a lot of times it is value realization, renewal. It yeah. is, you know, adoption. It, it, and all those things really um, are impacted by, by, by customer experience and really by um, how our customers are 
liking the products, how they're adopting the products, um, and how they're utilizing those products. And so once you start talking in their language and, and really proving out, and, and that could be done easy if you have the data in the beginning, and I've, I've done that before with other teams of showing, okay, so here's a customer that's happy with the product, and here's a customer that's unhappy mm -hmm. with it, right? For example, um, let's track their purchasing behavior or their loyalty with us and their customer lifetime value, right? We can do that with a predictive model, controlling with uh, for a bunch of other things that can impact that customer lifetime value, right? With by looking at geo or account size or um, all kinds of characteristics of that account. Um, so putting everything in, you know, and including product adoption, including a happy versus a, a, an unhappy customer, how does that lifetime value change? Mm -hmm. And you could prove that with data, right? Like simply, if you have it, mm -hmm. you know, that's a whole different, um, you know, issue with, with all the data we have and then how hard it is to actually get it to work for us, mm -hmm. especially in massive companies. Um, but you, 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 that's an easy way to prove it, right? And like kind of going by the numbers and, 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 and showing that really that those things should be really critical to them, like how the customer experience is and the product adoption levels are directly tied to spend, to renewal, to churn. Um, and without fixing those, um, it will be a lot harder to, to really um, drive those KPIs that they're responsible for, which is way easier than a new feature. Like it'll be, it's actually even hard, it's harder to prove what a new feature will do uh, for their key KPIs than actually improving something that's already built. Well, that, I mean, that's a great point right there, right? Is 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 saying, look, I mean, where's the bang for the buck for you, right? Is it um, this? You could add this feature, but but you don't know, right? What that's if that's going to drive renewal, if that's going to drive better, you know, success in the marketplace. But over here, you know, let's focus on these areas that we know if we can do some improvements. Um, that we can make, you know, the customer experience better, improve renewal, et cetera. And I want to go back to sort of your, your lead point there, which is aligning to their KPIs, right? And I think part of the journey that these product teams have to go on, right, is the fact that, you know, historically it was like, hey, can I basically have a product that gets the customer excited and wins the deal, right? And that's, again, why I think feature functionality and, and having parity there was so critical. But now, right, the KPIs, it's not about, but winning the deal. It's about keeping the customer on the platform, right? And so, you know, success is, you know, are our customers, you know, staying with us? Are they growing, you know? And so, get you know, getting product teams to understand that the game has shifted over there and, and it's a different set of telemetry that we have to focus on. So, um, it, you know, it's, it's an ongoing, you know, journey, I think, for, for, for a lot of tech companies. Um, but, but let's shift now to, to talent. I want to talk about talent. And in TSIA, I mean, I have to tell you, we, we are really blessed because we have an outstanding analytics team that helps us uh, with uh, both data analysis for our industry research and our own member adoption. But I know how hard it is to find the right people for that team. Uh, but when you find the right people, it is absolutely a game changer. So, so what do you look for when recruiting people to be part of the CX analytics team? Yeah, it's, that's a very timely question, especially at a time of the, yeah. of the great resignation. <laughs> yes, right? absolutely. Uh, yep. it's, and, and it's been challenging, right? Especially in the last, I'm not going to lie, in the last couple of years, it's, it's, it's been difficult to find that talent. Um, and it, it, get, it is getting progressively harder and more and more competitive out there. And so, um, yeah, I've been, I've been thinking about that a lot and really... There's two 
two different approaches for our early in career and our really experienced hires as, mm -hmm. as, as well here. So for early in career hires, I really look for, you know, intrinsic curiosity and a grow, growth mindset versus a fixed mindset. Individuals who are curious, ready to continuously learn and take risks. Like one of, one of the key service now values is, is to stay hungry and humble. And we all live by it and everything else we can really teach on job, mm -hmm. um, even the initial, you know, kind of analytics jobs. For our more experienced hires, really the most important attribute in, in the space I work in and customer experience analytics is storytelling through data and the ability to influence without authority. So voice of customer professionals need, need to really be able to identify and provide actionable insights from multiple sources of data, influence leaders to take uh, and make critical business decisions based on those insights, really without having direct authority over them. And that is very rare to find, right? As some individuals yes. are great at analyzing data, and we have so many of those with the emergence of data science, you know, data analytics, uh, machine learning, really, you, you have so many people, especially in, in the Bay Area that are excellent mm -hmm. at, you know, getting a data set and, you know, kind of building a model. But really not that many at packaging it in a way that is impactful and actionable. Uh, and that is key, having that business acumen to, and, and, and skills to, to influence and, and build a story around that data. And then others are good at the storytelling, right? But they don't really have the analytics shop. So that's why I get so excited when I find that powerful combination. It's like finding a unicorn out there. Um, but then one thing also I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say is that hiring the right people is only the first step in a hopefully long and fruitful journey, mm -hmm. right? Once they are on board, you have to have the right culture, growth and development opportunities, create belonging in order to not really only keep that talent, but also keep them, that talent engaged and motivated. Um, and and that, that is in its own critical you know, component of this. It's not just getting them in the door, but keeping in. And, and, and thankfully, ServiceNow has, has, has all of that. We have a culture of, as I said, hungry and humble individuals, great leadership at the top, where folks are recognized for their hard work, promoted, grown, uh, and really, really invest heavily in training, development, and internal mobility. But because otherwise, in this competitive world, uh, you know, talent is, is up for grabs. Uh, and I really want to echo and validate what you just described there, because I this is exactly what I've seen at TSIA in terms of building our uh, analytic capabilities. And, and there's really a couple key points here. And number one, what you said, I mean, hiring young talent, right? That they don't have they don't have all the experience around analytics yet. But and I and I like that that phrase of of hungry and humble. They want to learn. Um, they're inquisitive. Because uh, you really, I believe, you have to grow this capability. It's very hard to just go out and acquire this capability, right? I think you really have to have a, a strategy of growth. So, so you're bringing in young talent, number one. Number two, you just said at the end there, is scaffolding. You've got to have scaffolding around that talent to help them grow, to support them. To, like you said, they're, they're going to be you know, hungry for, for new experiences. And, and so you're providing the, that opportunity, right? So, so you really have to have good management, good scaffolding, all, all that around them. And then finally, I mean, the end game, you, you talk about that unicorn, right? The end game is you're really developing talent that can tell stories with data. That is, it is that, it is that uh, joint capability of, uh, I really understand data, but the business acumen, right, to wrap around it and, and, and help management teams make good informed decisions, right, F following the data. 
Um, and, and I do think that that sometimes does get lost because people get very fixated on the data and standing up tools around the data and you can slice the data this way and that way. And, and, and what gets lost is what are we trying to accomplish <laughs> right, with this data and with these tools? So I, I think what you outlined there is, is absolutely spot on when it comes to building talent. All right. So I uh, just have a couple more questions here for you, and I want to be respectful of, of your time. And I, and I want you to sort of th think again about folks that are just maybe starting this journey in CX analytics, right? Maybe they have their first connected product ever, right? Or, or maybe they're realizing that they just have to be much better at this than they have been historically. Where would you recommend they begin? Yeah, um, I actually, that's also a very timely question. I, I just co-wrote an article with my boss, Matt Lombardi, published on ServiceNow's Workflow Online Magazine yesterday okay. called How to How to Be a Customer Experience Ninja. Oh, cool. Uh, which talks, <laughs> that name I didn't come up with, which I loved, <laughs> um, which really talks exactly about that. Like it provides a battle-tested, really step-by-step -step guide on how to build a world-class customer listening program that guides business decisions. Because customer experience analytics, believe it or not, didn't exist like 10, 12 years right. ago. Like there's right. no customer. Now we have customer experience um, chief op you know, officers, which ne never had that role before. And, and it's really a new kind of blend of customer analytics and insights and kind of customer feedback. Um, and not a lot of people are proficient in it yet. And it's a growing category. It's been growing, you know, like wildfire, which is great in the last how many years. That's why I have a job. Um, but, you know, not many people know where to start or, or do it aligned to best practices. So really in, in, in that article, we lay out like, what are the five things that you need to do? And, and you know, in, in short, it's, it's really starting to first building the business case for why should we even invest in customer experience? Mm -hmm. And I talked about that, you know, we've done a lot of that with Medallia, we've done it in ServiceNow, like starting with the numbers, like tie your existing customer experience data to your financial and operational data to prove that providing a superior customer experience is good for business. Like that is critical. And, you know, that's the main thing with customer experience professionals and what I've helped many, you know, kind of executives throughout their careers is without building that business case that there is a need to have that team, to build that team, um, it, it is very hard to get the, the buy-in and executive support, not just in words, but in investment. And so using your company's data and like proving that out from the get-go would really secure, um, you know, really investment in, in your CX program. And then afterwards, like you need to build a customer listening roadmap. Here's like, I always say, take a phased approach, start with a survey program that collects your top line experience or use that to really understand what are the critical challenges that our customers have with a brand, um, you know, unify the company around one customer experience metric, like what is really measuring your customer experience? What do we need to move the needle on and kind of get that evangelized and get buy-in on that? And then as soon as you start collecting that feedback, evangelize your customer data internally, provide customer insights and reports or decks once a quarter, won't cut it, right? Build real-time, clean, robust, actionable dashboards relevant to key stakeholders, role-based dashboards, right? Then whoever, the, again, the right data to the right person at the right time um, and making sure that leaders that, from the organization are engaging with those dashboards in real time. Like our leaders do, they can see every day, like, okay, like what do we hear about our sales experience today? And like, who's happy, who's not? And like, what can we improve? Check in with these stakeholders regularly to highlight key customer pain points recommend clear solutions and improvements, review your progress. And, and really finally, secure some quick wins early. 
Uh, and I think a lot of people and a lot of programs, that's where they fall short is, you know, they find these, you know, really challenges that are too big to solve quickly. And there's a lot of time and, you know, company-wide initiatives that go through and then it's hard to implement and hard to measure the value of that implementation and what, they, what do we actually do and do we actually improve the experience or not. I say focus first on some quick wins, like uncover simple and easy to execute experience improvement opportunities, like such as a small product fix or a new sales training that's going to improve the sales process. Um, implement them and then measure the impact they have on the customer satisfaction in the business. And this will really build credibility in, in the CX analytics function and, and allow for future growth. Yeah, as, you know, as I listen to you in, in those first two points, I, I just want to highlight those, right? And starting with the journey starts with what is the business case? And I think that's a great point because you don't want this to be, you know, what I call a financial art project, right? <laughs> Where it's sort of like, oh, we have this CX capability and we're putting some headcount into it. And, and then, because everyone's doing it, right? So I think we should do it. But, but no clear vision of what, of what the real financial impact is, right? So, so I, what, what I hear from you is number one, you know, you really need to, to study what is the financial benefit of this, right? Well, what is the business case for CX analytics? Get your arms around that, find that, um, get executives to buy into that. Um, that is secures your your you know your financial future, right? And getting funding, et cetera. So that's number one. And then number two, you know, studying and understanding these listening posts, right? Along a customer journey, right? Do we have a roadmap there of how we're we're going to build these listening posts? Do we understand you know where we are now and what we think our end game is? Those are two foundational you know, moves on the chessboard, if you will, uh, on this journey. So I think that's great, great coaching. All right, let, let, me, let me finish here with, with one more question. And I'm going to ask you to, to, to sort of look into your uh, crystal ball, if you will. But, but where, where is this field going, right? Well, what do you think are some of the big promises customer analytics could potentially deliver uh, on in the future here for, for tech companies? Yeah, I think I think we're just scratching. First of all, I wish I had the crystal ball. <laughs> but I think uh, I think we're just scratching really the surface of of what analytics can deliver, um, especially when it comes to improving the customer experience. Um, the, really, the the near term future for me is is making full use of real time and and predictive analytics. Mm -hmm. So real time analytics, when used properly, I think can enable a successful customer journey orchestration. And what I mean by that is that by collecting data in real time, you can take that information and modif modify things as they occur. Yes. This mm -hmm. could be something such as, you know, routing an individual to the most appropriate type of customer service, really based on their stage in the journey or, or what type of account there are, or what products they have. Or you can modify things during a journey based instead of waiting until the journey is done and really hoping that customer will give you feedback, you do that in the moment, which is which is so, so important because you, you've kind of improved that experience, simplify, if you will, you know, their experience in that one moment. And then on the predictive analytics side, I anticipate we will see more and more customer needs forecasting. So predictive analytics can provide early signals, right, of upcoming changes in customer behavior. And this will, will really allow brands to be more proactive being able to tailor their messages, effectively serve the customer before they even know that they, they, they actually have a need and really will help with personalization. I think that's that's where we're all going, right? To, to that completely personalized experience uh, for each customer that's based on where they are, meeting them where they are, 
who they are and how they use our products um, really based on all of that operational and experience data we, that we collect on our customers. And currently we have more data than we've ever had before, mm-hmm. right? And I think not many companies are actually utilizing it um, completely or at all, probably most are not, right? And so um, really putting good use to that real time and predictive, um, I think will, will, will be great in the near future to really get us to that modifying experiences in a moment and then predicting those customer behaviors before it even happened. You know, as I listen to you, uh, you know, about this, you know, predictive in real time, you know, personal uh, experience I have with uh, Amazon and ordering golf balls. Okay. So, so I order golf balls through, through Amazon and I, I started to do that. I think this, this past summer and all of a sudden, you know, my Alexa has a notification and it, and it says, Hey Thomas, you know, based on, you know, your ordering history, is it a time for you to order some new golf balls? Why? Because you lose golf balls. Right. And, and the first time that came on, I, you know, I, I thought really, and then I, I literally, I went and looked in my golf bag. Right. And I'm like, I, yeah, I actually need golf balls. Right. And that, so that was actually helpful. And, and throughout the entire summer, you know, they, they you know, whatever, however they're doing their algorithms, right. They were predicting, Hey, you're probably going to need these right now. And that's a, you know, a, a simple example, but it is that experience really, which is your articulating, but now in this B2B world, right. Hey, Thomas, you're, you know, using this product and basically what you're doing here, um, you, you might not realize it yet, but you know, you should really do X or, you know, you really should be, you know, taking advantage of, of this feature or, or whatever it is. And, and I think um, that is the, the potential, right? Because when you can really just be that half click of ahead of where, you know, the customer is and help accelerate them on that journey, um, that'll be fantastic. Exactly. I love that you mentioned golf balls because that exact thing happened with me with Amazon with Nespresso because we ordered Nespresso on a specific <laughs> yep. schedule. Yep. Yep. And they're like, oh, you, you know, we were on holiday. Right. Like, oh, you haven't ordered this. Like, it's time to order. Like, I'm like, wow. Yeah. No, it, it is. And I think, and the reason I put that on the table is that we are all starting to have that type of experience in the, in the B2C world. Right. And, and to the point where, you know, in a sense, you sort of, you know, it's not even amazing anymore, but it is really cool. Right. And it is data driven and it is creating a better customer experience for. Them. And it creates that expectation. I think right. that's critical because we, you know, we live in a B2C world. Right? right. But we have our B2C expectations. We actually project them in B2B company. Uh, absolutely. And, and, and just to, to tie that back to the conversation we were having earlier about you know, getting customers comfortable with providing Telemetry, you know, we had a lead data scientist from um, Amazon presented at a conference several years ago, and um, he took this, you know, question, you know, head on, right? He said, look, you know, people, you know, always ask about, well, you know, gosh, because obviously Amazon does a lot of B2B stuff, right? And, and why would, would companies want to share, share data? And he said, look, you know, we're making this, that trade-off every day as a consumer, B2C. We, we have become very comfortable with the fact that, hey, if I provide you this data, right, uh, you, you as, a, as a company can provide me, the consumer, more value, <laughs> right? And, 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 and so that's worth, that exchange is worth it to me. It's the same exact conversation in B2B, right? If I provide you this data, you're going to provide me more, more value. So, so I think, you know, I hear companies say, look, there's no you know, way people will provide the data. It's like, look, we're, we're living in a world where we are doing that. And, and again, there's got to be trust there, security and, and, and everything else. Um, but it, you know, it does create opportunities for completely different value propositions. So, all right, I've taken enough of your time today here. I, and I really want to thank you for being here and, and educating our audience uh, on this 
really, you know, critical and like you said, emerging capability around customer uh, analytics. Um, you know, I think this concept of, of a six analytics in the B2B world, um, you know, is, is, is really going to be a game changer. Um, and it is going to separate the, the have and have nots, you know, out there. So uh, as always, I, I like to end uh, these episodes with a big question of the day. And so how are you designing and optimizing your customer experience? Are you sending out surveys waiting for smiley faces to return? Or are you analyzing what your customer is actually doing with your technology? Thank you for listening. Cheers. Cheers.